Welcome to the Sunday session on NRL.com. We're here to wrap up a reduced round 17 of the NRL Telstra Premiership. My name is Chris Kennedy. I'm joined as always by Kenny Scott. Kenny, thank you for being here. Thanks, CK. Great to be here yet again. And we are also uh, very pleased to welcome back to the podcast uh, former Jillaroo Channel 9 commentator, Alana Ferguson. Alana, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. I'm pumped. Pumped to talk some footy. Yeah, the, the final major buy round of the year. So back to four rounds after this weekend. The game that we've just seen conclude as we sit here, the Sharks 20 to 12 uh, winners over the Warriors at Cogra. Um, Alana's a bit of drama for the Warriors in the pregame. News they had to sit on the bus and wait for a COVID clean of the catering or whatever it was. I don't know if that affected them, but I thought they were really disappointing in that, especially that back end of the first half. They just made life really hard for themselves. Yeah, you're right. And I don't think pregame would have affected the Warriors. They're used to um, more disruptions than anyone, certainly. And we, we heard from Matt Lodge as well pregame saying, honestly, everyone just thought it was quite normal for another thing to not be, uh, to go to plan. But you're absolutely right about their performance. I thought that they they put it on themselves, the way that they were playing the game. I even just thought they were playing really one out, not asking too many questions. Yep. Certainly, like, their discipline and poor handling errors at times didn't help them either, but just not a damaging smart football side that we know that they can be. So I think they'd certainly be disappointed with how that game ended up and sort of played out as well. Your old club, the Sharkies, Sean Johnson, ball on a string. He just kept peppering uh, that in goal for repeat dropouts, really ground the Warriors down in the second half, I guess showing the club what they're going to be getting next year. He was good, wasn't he? His his accurate kicking game was the difference between the two sides. And it did put the Warriors under a lot of that pressure as well. So they weren't always forced errors. There were slippery conditions. The rain had stopped, but it had been pelting down all day. And they were playing in, in Congress. So the field was still quite wet and had retained quite a lot of water. But definitely Sean Johnson's kicking game was what set them up for that success. And I also thought in the in the last, in the second 40 Cronulla Sharks' defence was also one of the heroes of, of their performance mm. as well. Yeah, they really soaked up a, a lot of pressure. Kenny, uh, I think that's seven from eight uh, the Warriors have lost now um, in the, the past two months. They got Matt Lodge in. I thought he was pretty good in his club debut. Him and Fanua Blake sort of weren't too bad up front, but um, execution probably cost them across the board. Reese Walsh was sort of the epitome of that. He scored the first try, then sort of had a bunch of errors in the back end of the first half, and then I did some good stuff in the, the second, but it just wasn't wasn't coherent enough, wasn't, you know, good enough. Yeah, they must be a really tough team to be a, like a hardcore fan of. If you're, if you're a rusted on follow the Warriors, every game would be just heartache because they don't, they don't get hammered. It's not like, you know, um, a lot of the teams down the bottom that can rock up and get, get dusted by 30. Most of their games are within 10 points, I think. And, do they, you know, they do yeah. enough just to give you hope. And either they win all game and lose tragically like they did last week, or they, you know, they're on the back foot for most of the game with only themselves to blame, but they're always in the hunt until the very end. Um, yeah. I mean, like, like Lana was saying, it's just, I think they really let themselves down with um, um, their attack was probably a little bit blunt and they're, uh, and also not as creative as they usually are. I guess the conditions probably had a lot to do with that, but man, they're just, a, I'll tell you what, they're a team that take from you. That's for sure. Yeah, Sharks, uh, I was looking at the draw. They've got a pretty soft run home. Only two top eight teams mm. in their final eight games, uh, Alana. So sitting there on the cusp of that eight, no reason at all why they can't uh, finish in that sort of six, seven, eight position. Yeah, for sure. Um, and particularly, so they're in eighth position now after that win. But if you have a look, you're right. Three, three of their four next games are teams outside the eight. So 
they've got a, a really good period now and they play the Warriors again as well. They've got a really good four to five week period now to, to gain some momentum, some, uh, some com- combinations, some confidence as well. And yeah, just really nail some key parts of the game because I think the key for the Sharks moving forward is having some stability within their side. I thought Trindle did a pretty good job today in the halves, yeah. but obviously their preference is Matty Moylan if he comes back and teams up with Sean Johnson. But they've got some good groundwork to build off, but definitely a key is a little bit of stability in the, t- in the team that they're able to field week in, week out. And then also the defence, which last week we saw them get crushed by the Broncos, just completely out enthused. I thought their effort areas were really off. Yeah. But they fixed that tonight. And I thought particularly the defence in the second 40 was, well, as a Sharkies fan, uh, gave me a little bit of confidence moving forward. It's just whether or not they've got the mentality to want to do that. Uh, for the back end of the season, but particularly for these next four or five games that are very winnable games for them. We do have to move on, but I can't uh, move on, Kenny. It'd be remiss of me not to mention the Braden hamlin Ueli try. I was uh, at my laptop doing some work <laughs> and I sort of saw the try and I looked down to type a couple of things and look back up and I saw a bloke get knocked the hell out. I'm like, someone's about to be suspended for 12 weeks or 16 weeks. What's going on? Turns out it was a post-try celebration. Now, the hero here was Jack Williams, who may have a future career in professional wrestling able to sell a, a punch like that. That was just amazing. <laughs> It was beautiful. That was pure uh, what the rock circa 2001, the people's elbow. It, it was, it was beautiful. And I actually think, um, so try July is supported by sports bet. Uh, that's 5,000 for each celebration and they doubled the, the prize for that mm-hmm. one. So 10 grand for that celebration alone. So uh, it's got the players doing some wonderful things. It was, be- it was beautiful. And Grand going to support Mossy Masoy. It's a, a great cause and well done to Sportsbet. Well done to Braden and to Jack Williams because that was very, very convincing. Um, they had us all. Yeah, I know. I legitimately thought someone was about to get suspended forever. <laughs> uh, Saturday game, Alana, 22-16, the Roosters over the Bulldogs. I mean, the Bulldogs, you've got to give it to them. That was infinitely better than what they dished up uh, a week prior. But unfortunately for them, still not quite good enough for two points. Yeah, you're right. It, it was better. I thought that was a really telling sign. I, I don't want to be negative about the Bulldogs because there's plenty of positives to take out of that performance. Lockie Lewis's two tries coming off the back of a couple of kicks. Really well done. That's what put them in the game, put them in the contest, and they handled themselves pretty well. But uh, with two minutes to go, Lockie Lewis actually had the footy and, and to get out of their own half, he he tried to kick it as far as he possibly could. And for me, that was just a little bit of a reality check as to, and they needed six points. If they had scored those six, if they had got six points, then it it, it would have leveled the score. So it was just a bit of a put into perspective where they're actually at the confidence that they're playing with. If it was any other football side that was playing with plenty of confidence, uh, you would have seen them put up some kind of contested kick and really stick it to them and go for those six points. So, I thought that they definitely had a better performance. They asked great questions. At the end of the day, it's not the Roosters side that is going to win a competition, but it is, it's still the Roosters. So they did a great job to be in the contest. I think it was just moments like that kick with two minutes to go that could have taken us to golden point. Um, just a little bit of a reality on where they are in their, fo- in their footy. But again, they should take plenty of confidence out of that performance. And you are our voice of the people, our man of the people. Uh, Sam Walker running 90 metres backwards right on full time. What were you sitting th- th- sitting in your uh, armchair at home? 
Yeah, I've actually I've taken some time to process this. So when I was watching this live, I I did a complete spit take. I had no idea what was going on. I thought, oh, he he must have misread the clock and thought it was three seconds, and really it's thirty seconds. I think that was it's about twenty seconds to go when he started doing it, and I was like, this is unacceptable. This is a real, you know, it's not a sportsmanlike act, et cetera, et cetera. And then after sort of thinking about the circumstances and listening to a few opinions on it, I think um, it was not as as unsportsmanlike an act as it seemed because there was 20 seconds to go six point a six point gap and it was the fifth tackle and his options were either take the tackle and hand over possessions you don't want to give the bulldogs any kind of possession um anything can happen in those last 15 seconds so he did what he thought was the right thing and that was not hand over the ball and the only thing he could do was run the legs of the field the other way so Mm. i think his uh his reasons were sound um but he probably could have done it in a less um I don't know, a less obvious, uh, I don't know, a, a way that was less inflammatory, I suppose. But I think on first viewing, it was horrible. Upon review, yeah, I get what he was doing. Probably won't do it again, though. Trent Robinson wasn't too critical. Alana, did you have a take on no. this one at all? Yeah, well, I'm quite the opposite. My initial reaction was how clever. I spoke about it before being six <laughs> points behind. You, get, you turn over the ball and they could have scored, and that's the sort of game that it was. The opportunity for the Bulldogs to be able to score was very very high so when I was first watching it I was like that's good we never see that but that's thinking he's switched on he knows the scoreboard whether it be the clock um, and also the points and I I thought it was a really good move yes it was something different Uh, I don't think I've ever seen that in an NRL game before but then (laughs) I also have my phone in front of me sitting in front of the in front of the telly watching the footy and my footy group chats are understand two sides of the story because I had plenty of mates that it just didn't sit well with but Even thinking back to it now, at the end of the day, he had to win the football game. He had the footy in his hands and and I actually thought it was the right decision. I think the fact that Sam Walker had that in his head and was really in tap with the scoreboard time and score was really clever. Yeah, the only problem I had with it was the fact there was about 20 seconds to go and he sort of made it back to his own in goal line and he's running around in little circles with Bulldogs chasing and waiting for the time to click off the siren when there was still five seconds left on the TV clock. So um, lucky that the game clock was a little bit ahead or he might have had himself tackled and, and conceding a, a play the ball on his own try line with a couple of seconds to go. But anyway, uh, he was aware of the rules, he was aware of the time and he got the win. I don't have any problem with it uh, personally. Um, and it was an important win for the Roosters. They uh, back up into our fifth spot with uh, Manly having lost, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, the Friday night game, uh, Bunnies 46, 18 minutes over the Cowboys. Alana, Cowboys sort of started terrible the season and then sort of rallied a bit and started looking like they were going to make a push for the finals. And just the last few games, they've really fallen off a cliff, especially with their defence, which has been super disappointing. Yeah, I think they're another one of those sides that just hasn't, and there's, there's been so many, and I think the number keeps growing or the way that it's happening keeps growing is the defensive efforts from some sides are really poor. There's a lot of debate on why, um, but at the end of the day, they need to, teams need to adapt and change to the rules and how the game's being played and stop opening themselves up so vulnerably. But look, the Rabbitohs were able to have a field day, but on a positive note, I thought the Cowboys started really well. And Jason Taumalolo, how good was it to see him set up that try? That line break was, well, it was a little bit of a flashback, to be honest. I think it was his best stint uh, all season, but I, I just loved watching, watching him create that. That was incredible. 
yeah, the big man smashing his way into space. There was a couple of pretty handy defenders mm. he got between from memory, Mark Nichols and Tom Burgess or something like that. He was uh, he wasn't shrugging off um, reserve graders. But um, what about the bunnies? Cody Walker has had the ball on a string. I thought some of his passing was absolutely top tier. And um, Alex Johnston seems like he can't. He's incapable of getting through a game without scoring a hat trick at the moment. Yeah, he's too good. Well, Cody Walker had an absolute field day. You mentioned it. But they I thought the way that Souths gained momentum uh, was really pretty to watch. Then they were able to get those quick play the balls, which, of course, that's when Cody Walker comes into play. He gets really quick, uh, crisp delivery from Cook. Reynolds is often finding him a little bit wider off the ruck. And then he's just one of my favourite, if not my favourite player at the moment, to watch just set up tries because his attacking ability, he's an absolute freak. But it is a team effort to to service him the ball that he gets sometimes to be able to do that. Uh, but he's, he's also just a really hard player to predict because he doesn't have one or two things up his sleeve. He's got 12 or 13 every time he's get, either got or he's getting the footy in his hand. So it makes him a very dangerous player, but an exciting player to watch for sure. Yeah, he's a super talent. Kenny, what do you make of this one? South missing, I think, five origin players. They certainly weren't at full strength, but uh, 46 points is a pretty significant scoreline to rack up with five of your best players out. Oh, I tell you what, at after that, um, the the try that JT set up for the Cowboys, Cowboys in front twelve to two. The ease with at that which um, the Cowboys just seemed to dissolve as soon as the Rabbitohs scored was really quite shocking. I thought, and that's, I mean, it says one thing because the Rabbitohs take out those five players and they're still red hot. So it's just how strong a team they are. But man, the Cowboys really let let this one go. Like, yeah, they were only ahead twenty minutes in. It's like they were ahead seventy five minutes in. There was a long, a long, a, a large amount of game left to go, but they just they were they were in front for a, you know the first quarter and then just sort of gave up complete and gave up's not not right sorry they just were dominated completely um, by a, a red hot Rabbitohs team that back line that Rabbitohs back line even without you know no Latrell uh, no no um no Dan Gagai yeah. it's still it's just still an outstanding back line it's it's yeah it's a beautiful thing to watch insert Benji Marshall like at your leisure it's mm. Please. It's an embarrassment of riches. <laughs> Outrageous. And they are outright third on the uh, Telstra Premiership ladder now. So um, despite a couple of heavy losses earlier in the year, they are red hot uh, two-thirds of the way through the season. Uh, Alana, Thursday night uh, out there at uh, Four Pines Park, we're calling it now. Brookvale, the uh, the Raiders, who've had some serious troubles uh, this year, sort of managed to put it all together. Both players missing two to origin, so can't really use that as an excuse. Well, obviously, Turbo and DCE yeah. are, are massive, massive outs for, um, for the Sea Eagles. But um, a little bit of a, I guess, signs of life for the Raiders. Yeah, for sure. I thought Manly definitely had momentum, particularly in the first 20 minutes, but they only got four points on the board, which cost them in the end. And when that momentum shifted a little bit, but the Raiders, they were brilliant. When Starling came on the field, the game changed. They were able to play a far more up-tempo game. And even just the attacking runners off the back of him were playing a little bit quicker up over that advantage line. So the opportunities off, off the back of that, um, were far more impressive than what they have been. But I thought also alongside that, that some of their defensive efforts um, had, Im- had improved greatly. They were able to slow the ruck down at different times, not, not constantly, not consistently throughout the game, but there were certainly patches there of some pretty, some pretty hardy defence and definite improvements in the way that they actually took that game on. 
Yeah, seeing the way that the, the energy that Tom Starling brought around the middle of the ruck and the influence that Josh Hodgson was still able to, able to have moving into a bit of a roving lock kind of role, it's just baffling to me that they haven't tried that uh, a bit sooner once Josh Hodgson got back um, from injury. Kenny, disappointing night for the Seagulls, really, that like Alana mentioned, they started brightly. The, you know, Dylan Walker scored first. The, no reason they couldn't have kicked on with it um, from there, but uh, yeah, just weren't able to put it together. The, the ease at which they scored their first try, it looked as if this was going to be a, a horrible night for Canberra and like another try fest for Manly. And the way things changed so dramatically, I f- it was really quite surprising because I know this is going to sound so disrespectful, but if you look at the Raiders-Halves combo was Sam Williams and Matt Frawley. Like when I saw, saw that happening, I'm like, I really don't understand how, where, how the Raiders are going to score. Like where are their attacking options going to come from? Because they're not, neither of them are known as the most, you know, dynamic and creative halves. I mean, Sam Williams is the the world's nicest guy, like the perennial, like backup half. Um, and then Manly's defense just just wasn't there the, the whole game. Like we we all saying Tom Starling kicked off like the energy for Canberra, which is true. But he ran he ran through like the whole team basically. No one even really stuck an arm out. It was mm. um, it was bad a bad showing from Manly. I think they'll yeah they're missing you know they're missing DCE and both Jake and um, Tom Trebojevic, but they still had a pretty decent team on the park. I thought they could have done a lot better than that. So maybe, maybe you can just sort of, you know, scrunch that game up and toss it in the bin as an outlier, but um, yeah, really poor effort from Manly, I think. I think what I liked about the halves pairing, I, I covered this game for NRL.com, was that they're, neither of them are the flashiest guys in the world, but they've both played a bit of NRL. Matt Frawley went from Raiders to Bulldogs back to Raiders. Sam Williams, 101 NRL games. Now, they're both just really good, steady sort of system structure guys. I think they kicked eight uh, goal line dropouts between them, just threading those little grubbers through. Sam Williams knew when to uh, to dummy and go. Managed to get himself two tries. So neither of them needed to be like a you know a Sam Walker or a you know Cooper Cronk, Jonathan Thurston style superstar. They just steady and you know allowed the forwards to do their thing and um, you know just added, added the little bits of uh, finesse when they needed to. And um, one other guy I thought was absolutely super Alana was Joe Tappanay, who came on um, really early due to Dinama Sui's injury. He had 173 meters by half time, which was roughly the same as the entire Manly starting pack. So he was a man on a mission once he got on the field. Yeah, he was. And I also thought Emre Gula had an enormous game too, but. When I was watching this game, it became blatantly obvious between the two sides that the difference was the experience. And you spoke about, you know, probably the halves not necessarily being as dangerous um, as other halves in the competition, but the style of play that the Raiders chose to go with suited them very well. They didn't overcomplicate anything. They, they, they kept to their structures. They got their outside backs to do uh, to gain a lot of that forward momentum to start their sets off. Rapana really stood up again, another one of their sp- experienced players. But you're right, Tarpany. And then I also thought Gula through the middle took some of that impact and really helped share the load. So I actually thought it was a really good team performance by the Raiders that didn't necessarily blow anyone's socks off and do anything amazing. But the way that they took on this game and actually followed their game plan played out really well and certainly it was this, the experience that allowed them to do that and actually dominate in the end that manly side that was pretty inexperienced in different in different places on the field the other thing i probably should have mentioned about those two halves for canberra is that they were the the 
um, Canterbury Cup, or sorry, the knock-on effect Cup yeah. halves, um, while George Williams and Jack White were in first grade the first half of this year. And in previous years, they played a huge amount of footy together, uh, doing a pretty good job in uh, in Cup. So it's, you know, they're very well acquainted with each other's games. Um, that is all four games from round 17. Before we wrap up, just a quick look ahead to Wednesday night, the third day of Origin game. Um, Alana moved up to Queensland, which um, should be no surprise given the situation in Sydney at the moment, but um, the chance for the Blues to not only get a very rare clean sweep, but uh, becomes a very unique achievement if they can get a clean sweep with all three games in Queensland. Yeah, I think that'll hurt the uh, Queenslanders even more if we dominate them again in their state. But look, we knew it was going to happen. It was inevitable in the end. And the fact that there's going to be a crowd at Origin, I think, is really key for this game. But having, you know, there's a few inclusions in the in the Queensland side. So I definitely think they look a little bit more dangerous. They've got some speed and a little bit more uh, attacking prowess, I guess, out there on the field. But still, when you, when you put the two teams uh, aside one another, the Blues still look like they're going to dominate. I'm excited to see how the halves, the new halves pairing go in Whiten and Moses. Um, but yeah, look, they, I think they'll be too strong in a clean sweep in Queensland is on the cards. I'm looking forward to having three games in New South Wales next yeah, year. Yeah. Oh, good. Can we make that happen? <laughs> if we just keep talking about it, surely it will happen. It's got to happen. Uh, Kenny, what are you looking forward to in this one? We, we sort of, I mean, I don't want to go into the Queensland, the dramas and, you know, Jai Arrow going out of camp and all the, you know, sort of the headaches they've had, they've had. But you look at, you know, they get Callum Ponga back finally, his first game of the series, at debuting Hamaso Tabuai Fido, who, you know, is going to have his hands full defensively, but will add some spark and X factor to the, the back line. Ben Hunt, you know, playing at hooker is a, a dynamic uh, ball player. So, it's, I mean, on paper, it's probably their best game, uh, sorry, best team of the, the three. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Realistically, I don't think Queensland will win. I'd really like to see them, though. I, I don't like seeing either team lose 3 0. I just think it's, I just don't think Origin, um, Origin deserves more of a contest than that. Uh, the only chance that Queensland have of being New South Wales is if the New South Wales' new halves combo just doesn't work out. Um, but the rest of the team is so solid, it probably wouldn't matter anyway. Um, it's going to be tough for Queensland to get a win here. Anyway, I'm looking forward to seeing how it pans out and particularly, like Alana said, that the new Blues halves pairing Mitch Moses with a chance to stake himself a claim for that, I guess, first choice backup half behind, uh, half back behind Nathan Cleary in the, the years to come. But that is uh, all we've got time for on the Sunday session for round 17. So uh, Kenny and Alana, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you, mate.